This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, Episode 5. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number five. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are Will. Howdy. And Scott. Hello. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. So every week, we review an episode of He-Man or She-Ra and discuss everything from the script and voice acting to Eternia and Etheria fashions and the logistics of Skeletor's plan. Today, we're reviewing He-Man Season 1, Episode 3, Disappearing Act. The original air date was September 20th, 1983. It was written by David Chapp and Robbie London. In this episode, Orko's magic wand accidentally transports Prince Adam's sword to the past. Meanwhile, Skeletor captures Prince Adam and waits for He-Man to come to his rescue. Man-at-Arms tells viewers that He-Man's brain helped more than his muscles. All right. Speaking of brains and muscles, we have Will and Scott here to tell us what they thought. I'll and the you, muscles. <laughs> I'll Definitely you, the muscles. I'll let you, I didn't know, I didn't have in mind who was who. I was really? Just, really? Did <laughs> you say you're the muscles? I'm the muscles, All but right. only on the left side of my body. I only do left side muscles. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's a good wor- workout routine. Mm-hmm. He-Man is very symmetrical, just for what it's <laughs> yeah, worth. Yeah, he does. He's got a very symmetrical body. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think he's just drawn that way, though, right? Or he's, you know, or he uh, just always tries to evenly work himself out. So you can flip the animation cells either side, and it's the same. He's yeah. equally strong in both hands, so it's not like he's got, like, you know, one side is better. And then also he runs with his legs, like, fully extended. So he doesn't have like one leg stronger than the other. This is weird. I'm sorry. I don't even. I don't. Yeah, even know. it's a, it's it's a, the the ski do that he's his legs <laughs> yes. are always bowed. Yes, I was. They're so, riding those so much. I was so thrilled that we saw those again. <laughs> me too. This episode, me too. I was so happy. You know what? In a way, that makes me feel better too, because when you had the toys when you were a kid, their legs were always bowed out like that. So that's kind of realistic because they're always riding horses and sea doos all the time. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got to get on Battle Cat, and you know, uh, yeah. Skeletor's got to get on Panther. They're so. always riding stuff, and so they 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 run and walk awkwardly. All right, is that it for the episode? Is that what they did? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what happened. We've got Orko's magic causing problems again. Now I'm gonna b- before we really get into anything, just I'm at the beginning is a way of getting you going. Will, are you still a fan of Orko? Has the magic worn off a little bit from childhood, maybe? Cause I don't know whether to give you a short answer or a long answer. <laughs> I'm going to say short answer, no, I love him. I love Orko. No, I'm a fan. I was glad this was an Orko episode. No. <laughs> um, I will say I was surprised and didn't remember that he was um so childish that that he's kind of like the slimer character that the kids are supposed to identify with like he had had trouble keeping his room clean and uh man at arms has to like get onto him like a daddy you know but um he's great again i just love his look i think he's got a lot of magic potential uh he's he's just he's just a wonderful character i just love orko you're just gonna stick with that huh? yeah <laughs> 
God, did you find him? Is it is it just me who finds him annoying? Or I mean, he's yeah, he's a goofy character. So I don't know. I, 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 he gets a bad rap, I think, for the most part. And uh, you know, if everybody else in the episode's dogging him all the time, like, hey, Orko, you're doing your magic again. Aww. Yeah, like you're like, oh, you you kind of you're like, oh, you're like, oh, he's a good guy, you know, you know, something like that. I do want to see him show some uh, competence at some point. Yeah. I mean, I and need I, to understand why well, he's the royal I don't want court to make wizard. Fun of him. Not, not, not to get into the, the, this episode too much, but I mean, he he kind of redeems himself. True. Huh? Yeah, we start to see a little potential. Yeah, yeah. because man at arms can't throw, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. So how how do we start? Should we go? Should we sort of back up and start at the beginning and and walk through it a little bit? Well, in the sound of music, we think that's a very good place to start so. and, and just like the sound of music it starts with skeletor trying to activate a volcano <laughs> that's how i remember the sound of music yes. <laughs> and and mud people driving this strange vehicle yeah, yeah 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 i love how they like they had the, the bearing of yokels but they were in this like high-tech car like it's so funny both of you guys like were dogging them as like uh real primitive type folks i saw them more as like hippie scientists like like volcano like seismic scientists they sort of had like a like a 70s kind of look to them uh and but i don't know why they were driving in like a rat fink dragster (laughs) did you notice that oh yeah yeah no yeah it was well i mean you you need the big tires to get through all the mud oh yeah yeah. well did they have to have the insane chrome tailpipes on the end of it yeah, why not? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's diesel, maybe. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Some Athenia or whatever um, fuel. Yeah, I don't know what their fuel is. Yeah. Oh, Willpower, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So Skeletor is trying to activate this volcano so he can uh, flood uh, Eternia with magma so they'll all evacuate so he can come in and snatch Castle Grayskull. That's and, the plan, and, yeah. So we've got the little uh, scientist villager uh, mud folk who are in their dragster and they are um, uh, sort of observing and explaining to us what's happening, right? Right, yeah, they, they notice there's a problem and it's it's really just the starter problem that gets us warmed up because He-Man solves this one in about five seconds on his Sea-Doo, <laughs> uh, which is called the Sky Sled, according to the Netflix captions, but I, I'm just going to call it a... Uh, <laughs> maybe a sky do i don't know what I, but i just i still love it every time i see it it makes me laugh it's it's ridiculous um and well then, he comes tearing in and i i i just love he-man's energy i remember him being like having more uh, of a dignified bearing but he comes tearing in and he's like time to put this baby to rest i was surprised that he has he has such he's so cavalier and he's got got such a sassy attitude do you think that comes when he turns He-Man? Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, so he gets the attitude Maybe with Maybe it's the... just when he's on the Sea-Doo. <laughs> gives him confidence. <laughs> yeah. He's going to whistle at some babes and, like, you know, I don't know. He's going to dunk somebody in the lake. Um, yeah, also this is apparently Krona, the, the biggest volcano in Eternia, not just like a volcano. So like Skeletor was really shooting for the stars there. And he sent Beast Man out to take care of it again. He's got to get some new henchmen, but I mean, Beast Man did pretty good. He set up that little, uh, activator equipment that, uh, shot a laser bolt or something at the volcano. So he went to the same tech school as Grizzlor, but they, he, he has some good know-how. Yeah, I feel that Beastman is, is competent and just, you know, lacks confidence because he's 
always being insulted by Skeletor. So sad. No, I think he did a good job, though. (laughs) He did. He needs a promotion. (laughs) Um, And also, just real quick, uh, Skeletor has a nice little manicure going on. I don't know if you (laughs) noticed this. Like, he has nails. They showed him close up pressing a button. That's why I'm talking Mm -hmm. about this. Like, they're kind of like talons, but it looked like they were painted. And so why would he even have talons if, unless he's part bird? Oh. <laughs> yeah, then you need to be thinking about if you're a, 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 a villain, you're going to be touching a lot of controls yeah. all the time. So you need to think about the, the nail length when you're doing that. That's true. He was having, like, you know, if, if he were a secretary, for example, I'd be like, are you sure you can type with those acrylics on <laughs> Skeletor? And he's like, yeah, okay. I can type 40 words per minute. <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey. And it's called an administrative assistant, you boob. <laughs> you're getting pretty good at that. I'm not. Uh, Loud at that, I think, well. is what you're going for. I know. I I think Will's been practicing his Skeletor. I, I still haven't practiced mine, so. It's yeah, it's a, it's it's on the back burner for me. <laughs> it's coming around eventually. These, these are all this is important. Uh, also important for resumes. <laughs> Thanks, He Man. He Man again. Ah, he's too smart for us, Skeletor. Um, so, uh, a question about these invisible helmets that Skeletor gets. <laughs> like, every episode, it just seems like he's gonna... He has, like, some sort of little, like, gadget. And I feel like he's, like, ordered off the internet. Like, <laughs> like... Only a scene on TV. <laughs> right? It's like, he's basically just, like, a papal with Amazon Prime <laughs> in Eternia. Like, where and does Evil he get... Lynn's like, have you been using my credit card? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, off, get off my Amazon account. <laughs> <laughs> Create your own Amazon account, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I need the Prime. I need the two-day shipping. Beast man think he need a comb. I do one <laughs> click, very convenient. Yeah, their recommended products are like all over the place. <laughs> With these uh, two helmets, two very special helmets, I will walk into the royal palace and take Adam prisoner. And no one will even and so now we're back at Palace Eternia, and we have Orko, your favorite character, mm-hmm. with whom you strongly identify, um, having a hard time cleaning his room, <laughs> and then there is some bad cap music going on um, when he tries to clean his room with magic. Yeah, his, his bag of tricks, it says tricks on it. <laughs> He's my old bag of tricks. Um, did you like his bedroom? I was trying to take his, note his of all bed this. is pretty awesome. It's, it's his hat and everything. Is it, did you see all the pictures on the wall of his? No, like his like grandpa or something. Yeah, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> I missed yeah. that. Too. I really want to see that. I what was, does his grandpa look like? It's just like him with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like his beard just comes out just from comes the out darkness. Of the, yes, yes. Oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. I like that yeah, a like, lot. Uh, like Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, his beard comes out of the dark, darkness. Um. He, he, I saw he had some stuffed animals. He had a little, had a lot of little uh, balls to play with and stuff. Yeah, it's a, a very, very kiddish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they need to take Orko to like the attorney of Goodwill and teach him about maybe going through his possessions and giving things away to children who are less fortunate than him. Keep one thing, put away three, Orko. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> PSA by you know, Man in Arms. I don't like him in <laughs> yeah. Arms. 
Yeah, so Man at Arms, in addition to being the general of Eternia's army, is also in charge of making sure all the castle children keep their rooms clean. <laughs> He's like the only parental figure. Like, Randor mm-hmm. and uh, Marlena don't appear in this episode at all. Like, they're off on, like, you know, king and queen field trip. I don't know. And to, to Earth, because she's an astronaut, which is what Will decided last <laughs> oh, time. Oh, yeah, this is well established. <laughs> yeah. Well established that she is an astronaut. So they're in a spaceship on Earth, which is just, this is our, this is, I'm just saying this. And um, that's why they're not there. So Man at Arms has to be everyone's dad. So the problem with Orko using magic to clean his room is that he can't aim his old wand too well. And he accidentally zaps Prince Adam's sword, the sword that turns him into He-Man. And so he has effectively created a national crisis because he has removed (laughs) He-Man from Eternia. I guess I wasn't paying too close attention. Like, why was that sword in Orko's room? Was Prince Adam like, like, Orko, I don't watch TV in your room. Like, (laughs) why was it in there? Oh, well, he he, he, he comes running in to save him because there's a big commotion and what else do you bring but a sword? <laughs> you know, that, that, like, can Prince Adam really swing it and stuff? Or is it, like, only a He-Man thing? Or, like... I, I don't know, but I would guess it's just generally a bad idea to run with a sword. Yeah, oh, it's like scissors, I would assume. Yeah, yeah especially directly into a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a stabbing motion. you think Man-at-Arms would have covered this at some point in, in their education, but... Well, when it gets zapped and disappears, Tila thinks that's hilarious. Yeah, oh yeah, she's like, oh, <laughs> it'll be back. And it's like, no, See, I you, don't know where it went. You morons. <laughs> At least He-Man's got a sword. My sword, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> well, and so, of course, like, then Skeletor uh, is able to capture Prince Adam because he didn't have a sword and he's just chilling out there. And that, that yeah, part of the plan went off without a hitch. Skeletor's invisible in Orko's room, which is also funny. That's the dog again. That's funny to think about uh, Skeletor showing up in Orko's room. Like, it's not it's not very grand or anything. He has to hide out in there while Orko's just bebopping around playing with paddle and ball or well, something. Well, he probably well, amused himself looking at Orko's pictures. Well, the, the, the thing is, his man-at-arms calls him He-Man. Like, is Tila even out of the room yet? He's like, he's like, a he man, let's go. Like, what's your problem? She's he's like, like three steps away. <laughs> she's, she's right like, around the corner. And then, and then, you know, like you said, like Skeletor is like standing in the room. Like, you know, wouldn't he like hear him or? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess maybe he could have walked in because they're like, oh, what's that rustle on the thing? And How did you then get it's Skeletor. <laughs> he got bored. It was so boring in Orko's room. And he's just walking around, like, looking at the picture and stuff. Uh, his grandpa just looks exactly like him, but with a beard. <laughs> you fool. Well, I don't get it. Does, does he transport him after, or does he have to, like, carry Prince Adam? Because he, he makes him invisible. Like, do, does... Does he tra- does he use his staff or something to transport him back to? That's a good question because he took a vehicle on land. Yeah, but to the, get but they there. found his vehicle. So how does he get back? Ah, I don't. know. So many questions. I, don't I, th- know. I think he just carried him. I, like I think once you start uh, invoking invisibility powers, that slides very easily into transportation in people's minds. Yeah, I'm sure maybe he, he just... stole somebody, stole another thing or whatever. Yeah. He just lovingly cradled him and then just carried him like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> the whole way. 
He's like halfway through the episode, he's still like dragging him through the palace. <laughs> Kira, alert your guards. We found Skeletor's Doombuster in the woods. He must be nearby. On my way. Yeah, and then so at this point, Man at Arms has to enlist the help of Sorceress because he's left to solve this problem. The problem of missing Prince Adam, missing He-Man's sword, um, and the only people who are left to really help him because, you know, we, Tila can't help because she, you know, can't know about the whole He-Man thing. So he's got Cringer and Orko, who if you were playing a video game and you had to choose a party, they would be like last on my list, like... To, to, to go no, along. first. No! <laughs> what power You're all I... about the Orko, That's man. Just... I'd want to see what kind of dialogue they have together. Yeah, okay, all right. I mean, you know, I guess if you had to pick people in the palace, you don't have that many to choose from anyway, but I'm I'm going with an all-muscle team. Like, we got, we're, we're going to have maybe He-Man, Tila, and Man-at-Arms, but Man-at-Arms is like the guy in charge. That's what I would do every time. This is if we're playing a He-Man video game, I'm just saying. Enter the time corridor. Yeah, no, and then sending them back in time, and there's just, no, no. Yeah, they didn't get much of and a then, briefing about don't touch anything. <laughs> yeah, or don't, yeah, don't stomp on anything. I, I, I like how, I like how Man at Arms is like, but I want to help too. Like, <laughs> you're just like, like you're like, okay, 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 yeah, but the, the no, you're Unusually not going. There are petulant. other ways yeah. to help Man yeah. at Arms. yeah. So they have to go back in the past because his sword, uh, T-Man's sword, got transported to the past. And uh, meanwhile, and the, and Sh- Sorceress says, "You can't go because I have other plans for you, Man at Arms." And he's like, "Great, <laughs> really." Right, which is, by the way, uh, working on a hyper-realistic uh, He-Man robot. Yes. We have learned in this episode that Man-at-Arms is a tinkerer because he made that uh, the the button that could attract the flying objects or wolf bats. entities. Wolf yeah. bats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, flying. Yeah, flying. Yeah, anything flying. So he made that, which is one thing, but then it's like entirely another thing to make a hyper-realistic robot that could fool someone and then also move around. And I'm like, so in the Eternia-like version of Lowe's, where he like goes <laughs> to like do his projects, there's like, I don't know, uh, tan putty number 405. <laughs> you have to like put a bunch of that on a mold to make a He-Man. Like, I don't, I don't know how you go about doing that. And the guy at Lowe's is it, not helpful at all. He's like, you're going to need a super high gloss for uh, natural human skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to seal this, but then it's gonna fog over, and you're gonna have to come back and pay us more money. What you want is a red primer. <laughs> Are you sure? You want to paint red. it? No, no, you're gonna paint the whole thing black first. It'll come out fine. I'll mm-hmm. cut this board for you, but then I'm going on my break. Yeah, yeah. Man at Arms probably went in there and probably made a lot of mistakes first. Like, I'm pretty sure I can build this. I'm pretty sure I can build this robot with boards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder. Like, you have to get like the limbs cut by like the attorney guy at Lowe's, and like he's not, <laughs> the two legs don't match, and he's like, I'm done. Yeah. What do you think? There's just a, like a bins, like different bins. Like, I want an arm. I want a leg. And it's just like you just jam them. You know, you're like, no, that leg doesn't go with that. <laughs> and then you gotta, yeah, oh man. That's and Sorceress is like his so wife who doesn't think the project's going well. And she's like, I don't want to say anything, but <laughs> 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 he's missing some fingers. 
And when they were looking at the prototype of the robot He-Man body, it looks it's pretty much a headless naked man. Without all the He-Man accessories, it's just a very disturbing thing they're working on. I forget, does, does, does he have fur underwear? Is that the only yeah. thing he has on? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just, it's very Terminator 1 at that point. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> They're really big on... We're like three episodes in. They're really big on making more He-Mans. Yeah. Like, they're just like, so the kids will buy more than one so they can <laughs> act out every episode. Well, they know the kid, somebody's going to screw up and get the kids more than one He-Man, so they got to have reasons for it. Yeah, or like you lose one of the sandbox, and then it's like, so that's going to be the robot <laughs> He-Man, and then you find it again. I don't know. Well, the, 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 the faker action figure was actually a robot. Oh, okay. Oh, because huh? they had to explain it. Yeah. yeah, they get. Yeah, they can't just. Yeah, they had to explain it. So, so like his chest had uh, like robotics on it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I can go with that. That's a good reason. Yeah. So that we cut over right to a uh, Skeletor um, holding Prince Adam captive in a cave with laser bars, but also he's got a leg shackle on. And then Skeletor says, now we wait patiently for He-Man. And I'm like, I love how he just says he's going to do it patiently. Like, even Skeletor is trying to teach Prince Adam some lessons about being grown up. Like, it's like, well, this is the mature thing to do. And, and, <laughs> and he's pretty amiable. Like, Prince Adam's like, well, I don't know how you're going to capture He-Man. And then uh, Skeletor's like, I'll tell you how I'll do it. <laughs> And then he just kind of explains what's going to happen. Yeah, he's in a great mood. And Prince Adam doesn't look too worried. He's kind of just laying on his side by the rock, just sort of hanging out like he's by the pool or something. He, he's lazy even when he's captured. <laughs> and as, as soon as Skeletor goes away to, to work on his plan, uh, what He-Man tries to use uh, Man-at-Arms' little uh, radio receiver thing to attract some uh, flying stuff to get help. Is that right? Yes, he 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 uh, hopes that it will attract his new action figure friend, Stratos. Yes, he just kind of acted like that's a by the way kind of thing, but it seems like kind of like a monumental event that there is another person in this world who is pretty much like a He-Man character, except he can fly. And I just don't understand, like, do, can they only sometimes get him? Is he in Eternia's army? Are they very good friends, not very good friends? Why isn't Stratos around all the time? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think with the rest of the episodes and how, how random they are, they just they just introduce people and they're just like, and that's him. <laughs> There's no backstory or anything. It's yeah. just like... I want to know everything about Stratos. And then yeah. he knows Prince Adam, so they, like, went to college together, you know... Which time? I don't so know. So does he know that he's He-Man? I don't Or is he like so. friends with Man-at-Arms? I think Stratos is friends with He-Man and Prince Adam and doesn't know the same person and probably gossips about one to the other. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> be like, that He-Man. It's like, Prince Adam's nice guy and everything, but he's kind of a tool, right? He's <laughs> he like, um, he has yet. many good qualities. I'm sure if you got to know him... Right. Find him an amiable fellow. He's very good cook. He can cook you <laughs> yeah. a very nice meal. And he's talking to Prince Adam. He's like, I just feel like He-Man's always showing me up, and and I can fly. He's like, um, he's he's very important to security of Eternia. Like, I don't know. I can fly. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he shoot lasers too, or something? I'm sure yeah. he's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Him summoning him. It's like in a video game when you get your fury bar or your mana bar high enough, you can just sort of call him in, like the cavalry, oh, every mm. now and then. But then he's not accessible for a long time. Yeah, you have to defeat a lot of people before you can use him again. Yep. 
Yeah, build that up. What do you think Stratos thinks of the the sea doos? <laughs> <laughs> the sky sleds. That's a good question. I, I, do you think he's flying along one day and like he get they like like fly in front of him? He's like son of a. <laughs> yeah, th- that would that would have to irritate him. Yeah, it's kind of his, his. It's kind of his thing. He probably wouldn't like that too much, and he'd probably be very concerned about can they fly faster than him? How high can they fly? How much gas do they have? No, do 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 you think Stratus is part of a a, cult, a culture or a, a different people, or he's just one person of flying people? Yeah, flying people Who like li- like that live like farther away and in clouds or like an aspire or something. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. can live on the ground too. They don't have to. Be they don't have to live in the air. Yeah, well, it's like not like sky, trees. all sky. They live in the time. trees. I have other interests besides flying. You know, <laughs> I don't know. If I thought we fly. It's kind of your thing. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I, that's true. Don't, don't box know. me in, okay? Well, I mean, the thing that called him was only calls flying things. So, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. It's like he's he's probably like don't stereotype me. I'm not always into clouds and wolf bats and the sky and soaring like a bird majestically on the wind. <laughs> so annoying. I should say about the wolf bats. It was just hilarious. He's like, I hope it doesn't call the wolf bats. Wolf bats! Ah! <laughs> like immediately. So Tila told him. Tila told him it was designed expressly to bring wolf bats into the Eternia Zoo. Well, why did they? Oh, even... was it? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was flying things. I thought she mentioned wolf bats. She did mention wolf bats, but I was like, why do they even want those in their zoo? Like, what kid is going to go to the zoo to see wolf bats, like, swarming at their heads and screaming in terror? Like, that's terrible. Oh, it has to be like the zoo. You want to see the scariest thing at the zoo. Maybe you do. Uh, yeah. You want to see, like, the caterpillars. You want to see, like, the most... You want to see, like, the sea otters and... I mean, but there's... Uh, you want to see snakes and all those otters. things, too. No, I'm the kid... I'm the person... I'm the kid that you have to have the sign about don't drop pennies on the alligator's head. So, I definitely want to see the wolf bats when I go to the zoo. Well, that's just... Is it is it is that the Southern Zoo? Is that you just have a lot of alligators there? <laughs> well, that wasn't a zoo. That, that, was, that was just your backyard. That was your neighbor's yard. They let you go in a boat in that zoo. Yeah. Yeah. You just just don't stick your cans over too far. Oh, we did. We should not have been unsupervised on those boats. Okay. That was not good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> there they are. Should we move on to the them going back in time? Oh yeah, I get, maybe we should mention yeah. that. We should mention that. I want to get back. I want to get to Wolf Bats eventually, but yes, let's go back in time briefly. Uh, surprisingly, that mission didn't go disastrously, and so you know, Cringer and Orko they they pulled it out. Um, yeah, and most noteworthy about their little adventure is they encountered a giant who was picking his teeth with He-Man's sword that he found and wearing one of Orko's little hats. I thought that was a great gag. I I, did too. I really did like that. I thought that was pretty great. Why did he have one of Orko's hats? Did Orko's hat get zapped too? Yeah, well, everything that he hit, if you saw him go through the room, everything that he hit, so a ball, stuffed animals... Went back in time. So the giant, yeah, the giant had a lot of great stuff. Uh, one of the things, also one of the details I enjoyed was um, when uh, Orko and Cringer running away and the giant was chasing them, the giant was licking his teeth like he wanted to eat them. And I enjoyed that a lot. And That, that, that was a different character. Not, that wasn't oh, that the was just guy. another beast? Yeah, he was, they were running by him and he was like hiding in the woods and he's like, mmm, fresh meat. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Cringer had a few good jokes in there. I remember when Orca was making fun of him being scared, and he's like, just remember who found the sword. And I was, I was a pretty good joke for Cringer. <laughs> but he did a pretty good job. They acquitted themselves very well in the past. Right. Yeah. They did, they did well. We got to see uh, dinosaurs. That was awesome. There's dinosaurs? There was one little dinosaur that was running behind all the monsters. Oh, okay. Yeah, with, with everybody. Yeah. There. Okay. It was very Scooby-Doo-ish. Yeah, no, that's that, that that's that's what the that's what it felt like. The, with the two of them. I was just glad to see them get a job done, you know, because I, I just like you couldn't have had that much confidence sending them back in time to to an unknown territory and land to retrieve one specific very <laughs> important object. I just I couldn't see that working, but kudos to them. And uh, so Orko does get the sword and. Um, you know what? I'm going to give them credit. They did a very good job of like the stage blocking. I knew exactly where the sword was at all times. It didn't just disappear and materialize. He got the sword. He put it on his back. It disappeared. When he came back through the portal, he reached behind his back to retrieve the sword. The animators did not get lazy. They were keeping up with where that sword was. You know, this was a big concern of mine, you may recall, from previous episodes. Oh, that they they did they swords just appear and disappear all the time. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, okay. Mostly a concern for me, I guess. Well, you got to pet the dog. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, he's pitiful. <laughs> he's like Cringer. He's he's, like he's, he's scared of the microphone cords. <laughs> he is like Cringer. He's pitiful. Oh, buddy. Are you all right? Am I glad to see you? Have you found the sword? Right here. Good work. They're able to get the sword to Prince Adam in the jail through the laser bars because Orko is brave. So again, he's he's stepping up. Go Orko. Well, they get it give it to him because Man at Arms can't throw the sword that far. He throws the sword and it falls a little out of Prince Adam's reach. I was like, great, just don't be a jerk. Just go hand it to him. Well, I feel like Man in Arms is maybe trying to teach Orko to be, you know, to be, uh, to take a risk. It's like he kind of threw him in the pool a little bit and was <laughs> like, it's time to swim, Orko. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he, he did a, so Orko does a little stretchy thing and gives it to him. Yeah, he can, yeah, he like flattens himself so he doesn't get hit by the beams. Do you, do you, do you think he just didn't throw it all the way in because he's afraid the sword was going to get busted up by the beams? I guess so. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and he just keep, yeah, and He Man can't just reach just a little further. <laughs> Summary: It was weird. And they had a lot going on during that period too. Like, also they put Robot He Man in the attack track as a decoy to summon Skeletor. No, and- no, it's just a robot of He Man. <laughs> I think he said that. Like, for some reason, that that turn of phrase really kind of cracked me up. Like, it's not He Man; it's just a robot of He Man. I don't know why, <laughs> but just a robot of it's like a quantity of someone. And, and I don't know why. One, one I, unit of He Man. Yeah, it's just a robot of him. And it was pretty funny because Man at Arms is like telling Attack Track, like, like take care of it if you can, Attack Track. And he got Attack Track mad. Attack Track was turning almost homicidal again. You're like. What do you mean, if I can? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't having that. Like, I haven't been in the last two episodes. <laughs> Attack track. Use your sensors to find Skeletor. Affirmative. Message understood. Try to decoy him if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Yeah, so during the transformation, I don't know... 
I, I'm guessing, this is just my, like, wild theory, but I feel that the whole, like, cringer being afraid to be Battle Cat and then not afraid and then embracing it, I think maybe that was just supposed to be this this thing that was put in there to teach kids it's okay to be f- afraid of things they anticipate because they do it every episode mm-hmm. so far. And then, you know, like, apparently uh, Cringer loves it when uh, Prince Adam becomes He-Man, and he hates it when he himself becomes Battle Cat. <laughs> and I'm like, this is just, his feelings are a tapestry, you know? It's just, it's beautiful and interesting, and I'd like to sit on his therapy session sometime. This is the part I like. By the power of This is the part I don't like. So at about that same time, uh, Skeletor is chasing down Attack Track and Robot He-Man. And then when he gets there, Robot He-Man's face sloughs (laughs) off. And Skeletor gets very upset and makes some great frustration noises. I just actually wrote that down. The noise that he made when he realizes he's been fooled. Uh, I didn't even know if I can... Like, I watched the episode a few hours ago. It was something like... "Mm -hmm." I don't even know what it was. It was fantastic. It was a great. He was voice. so mad. <laughs> I, I don't know that we necessarily have to walk through step by step the entire fight, but I do think it was noteworthy that during the fight we saw more tumbling that okay. I was talking about. Skeletor executed a just a forward somersault. Like that's <laughs> like just plain. Like there was nothing. It wasn't like he did a somersault into a leap, into a kick. Like no, he just kind of did like a straight up. Watch this, he man. <laughs> like he. He was just so impressed by it. He's just stunned by it's it. It's like his parents. They're like, "Are you watching? Someone watch me. Watch this." Like they all took tumbling together years ago. <laughs> he has like little kid tumbling classes. <laughs> Father says I need to work on my balance. <laughs> So he impressed him with that, but um, uh, eventually he turns invisible at some point, and the way that... Yeah, he got one good punch in. Like, he does a somersault, turns invisible, gets one good punch in on He-Man, like, and then the fight's pretty much over, but that part was... Yeah, yeah, he puts him on his duff. Then uh, Skeletor turns invisible with his little party hat, and then He-Man uses his wits to find Skeletor. He's like... Orko, give me your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was it that? It was weird that Orko's like hiding behind the tree like like it's a cabaret show or something. He's just a black object or something, isn't he? Like what is he underneath? I don't know. Well, remember the toy that we can't find out now. He had like a he just had like a little black spherical head. I'm not saying I want to see Orko nude, but I kind of <laughs> want to know what was under the I think it's like a cosmic paradox. It's just like nothingness, like a black hole. Yeah, just eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when he gets older, he grows a beard out of it. <laughs> right. Uh, so He-Man uh, so he throws uh, Orko's uh, b- little robe onto Skeletor like a mantle so um, He-Man can uh, take him out. And then He-Man does more of what you were talking about, Scott, where he just invented new powers that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, you noticed he had super breath all of a yeah, sudden? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I had forgotten that in all of the other insanity. I can do this now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can just blow him away. <laughs> like, why, why didn't he do that before? Because like, he also sicked the wolf bats on, on him as if all of that weren't enough. Oh, just yeah. Just as a... As a 
clincher. Oh, yeah, the wolf bats. I want to talk about their design a little bit. I thought it was very funny that the animators put in zero effort to uh, marry the design of a wolf and a bat. The animator was like, I don't know about no wolf bats. There's a wolf and there's a bat. And there was no wolf bats in Dumbo. I can tell you that. I worked on Dumbo. It's a beautiful picture. There were real animals. There's a wolf. Here's a bat. I'm going home. Yeah, the pink elephant sequence, that was that was odd. Wolf bats, I don't know what is a wolf bat. This is garbage. <laughs> do, do you think he was debating on whether to make the, the head the furry part or the body the furry part or like... Yeah, just just going back and forth. Do you think they had different versions of the wolf bat? I no, I do not think they had different versions. I think I think they were happy to to convince him there's, to draw there's, it at there's, all. There's, there's there's two animators and he's like, "All right." He's like, "I want this one to have a wolf body, but this one can have a wolf head." <laughs> they're just like, "That's too much work." You get what you get. No. Wolf bats. Then uh, after uh, they chase Skeletor you know, pretty much into the sunset uh, with the wolf bats, we get the moral, right? We're pretty much slamming into the moral after that? Yes. Uh, brains are stronger than muscles. Don't forget that basically... Man-at-Arms is delivering this on his sea dew. <laughs> how did I forget that? Like, seriously, how did, I, how did I forget that? It really brought it home, you know, for me. Um, and then, you know, like, you should exercise your brain. You can strengthen it like a muscle, which is... You know, what I tell my mom about Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a, that's a, that was a pretty good lesson, but I just object to the premise because he's talking about it in the context of He-Man. And I don't think, I don't think He-Man's a real bright dude. So, good, good lesson, but I'm not sure it applies. I, I think he has some street smarts, at least. I mean, he had, he had the idea of to take his robe and put it on his head. That's true. Do you think He-Man is going to work at, like, now he's going to work in some brain splits, like, on his, like, workout days? Like, he's got, Um, he's got leg day, torso day, (laughs) brain day, where he just, I don't know. Well, he's definitely working on his math skills where he's, like, putting plates on the bar and everything. That's true. (laughs) What Prince sounds like, well, I lift 450 pounds, (laughs) and this is a 20-pound bar, so if I divide by two. So I think he's doing that kind of thinking all the time. Well, he has to figure out how many calories he's eating, too. That's oh, true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Lots of math going on. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so how do we how do we rate the moral, and then how do we rate the episode? Uh, moral, I'm go- uh, if we do the, do the five-star rating, uh, yeah, four stars. Good moral for Man-at-Arms. Also, I love that he's on his C-Do, so four stars. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go with... For the, for the moral, I'm going to say four and a half, because the C-Do... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would also go with four. Four. For the sea <laughs> Yeah, for the sea All right, okay. Four All right. All right. Sea-doo. Four sea Four sea Four sea <laughs> Okay, four Three to get ready and four sea That's good. Okay. So now, so now we actually need to rate the episode? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with four... Okay, four wolf bats out of five. Okay, because um, you know I've been I've been at the three and a half range here. I did enjoy this one more in mm-hmm. spite of uh, of Orko's shortcomings, but mainly, I guess it was just the robot of He Man, and then the mental images that that evoked for me that that was kind of hilarious. That was what <laughs> I don't know. Nope. 
I'm going to give it a 3.8. Okay. Okay. Um, wolf bats out of five. I don't know. Wolf bats out of five. Well, um, first of all, I think your insults about Orko are misplaced. <laughs> but I'm going to uh, I'm gonna say because of Stratos, who's incredible. It was an Orko episode, which I love. There were Sea-Doo's. Skeletor got mad. He had his Havoc staff. I really like this. I'm going to go four. Four, four wolf bats. <laughs> Just four? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going for 4.5. Okay. It, all, all, right. all, all those reasons. Yeah. But it was, it was weird watching it again. It's like, and then the episode was over. I'm like, that was actually pretty quick. It kept me entertained. Yeah. There are a lot of good quick cuts and everything. Yeah, yeah. At this point, we'd like to thank our listeners and especially anyone who subscribed to the newsletter or emailed us a question. Will, do we have any listener mail today? Yes, we do. We have uh, an email that we got from Heather of Knoxville, Tennessee. It says, Dear the Wizards Nightshirt crew, I know the first episode aired in 1983, but I'm wondering if a forethinking writer was trying to cash in on the upcoming Halley's Comet phenomenon that seized us all in 1986. I was in second grade in 1986, and I remember everyone making a huge deal about it for like a year before it was visible. Maybe Mattel secretly partnered with the Department of Education for some kind of pro-science campaign. What do you think? By the way, thought the first episode was great, and I'm looking forward to more. P.S. I vaguely remember seeing Haley's Comet in 1986, but I have no information as to its conduct or possible evil intent. Sent from my Sprint phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good question. That is a good question. Um, Thanks. um, I will tell you, I actually did a little bit of research so so we could have a little bit of a conversation about this. Oh, look at you. I didn't even know what the question was. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Um, so, um, you do research on comets, Haley's uh, comets, um, Haley's comet, the writers, what was going on at the time. Okay. Um, these are my thoughts. Okay. So they did make those comet men, the comet men characters later in the He-Man episode. And that definitely seems to be sort of informed by the comet craze. There was also a really good article MTV news did about, um, the, uh, Comet Men um, action figures that were getting uh, a redo, and they talked specifically about the Haley's Comet uh, craze at the time. So that definitely had to be in the water or something. I think that definitely had an impact. I, I remember the craze and not so much the comet for what it's worth, because I remember everybody saying, it's Haley's Comet, we're going to look at the comet. And then I was like, tiny, but I do remember it being a thing. Scott, do you have any Haley's Comet memories? <laughs> I, I do remember going out and trying to look at it and really? stuff like that. Well, so I was three. Yeah, you were pretty bitty. Yeah. I was five. Okay. 86, right, you said? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, my my dad had a okay telescope. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could see Saturn and stuff, and it wasn't wasn't anything great, but... Did, did you think you really saw it, or he was like, oh, yeah, you saw it. It was beautiful, yeah. That's great, <laughs> That's great little Scott. You saw uh, it. <laughs> I don't re- I don't remember seeing it, but I I do remember it being a thing and it being very important because it would never show up for another fifty seven years or sixty years or something. I think it was like seventy five or something. Seventy five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because like that was the one that Mark Twain was born and died on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the ultimate irony for the He Man um, crew would be that they probably didn't get to watch Haley's Comet because they were too busy drawing like wolf bats like three years from now <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Hordak needed me to draw all this stuff. <laughs> I was supposed to be showing Haley's Comet to my little boy, and I have to draw stupid wolf bats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. 
They were big on cartoons educating. I mean, you know, that yeah. was really the the whole didactic element was a really big thing. I wouldn't be surprised. I think you're right, Heather. Uh, that's I think that, that's why. I think yeah, it's true. I think you're right. That comet p- propaganda was <laughs> going to teach me to believe in comets. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you, so do you, do you think that they they uh, more recently so just like the moral. Like how at the end, you know, He Man is a lot of the shows back in the 80s had a moral at the end. You think it was just trying to explain what happened in the episode to the kids? Or they're just like built in to the episode these days? Uh, why don't they have a specific moral section? You yeah, mean? like, why are yeah, they like trying to be... yeah, why, why, why don't they do that anymore? I mean, is it Does just... Does it just fail miserably? <laughs> like, yeah, like, are we to believe that kids are... Like, now we think kids are more sophisticated than they thought when we were kids, and so they think that they don't have to club them over the head with the lessons? But then, I don't know. A couple, like, yeah. Or was it just a style and not, you know, a reflection of how sophisticated we thought a story could be? I'm, I guess it's the difference between, like, He-Man and She-Ra. You know, we already, not to get ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. but, like, in the She-Ra episodes, like, you know, like, the sophistication of the plot lines just a few years later with a slightly different crew um, seems to be a lot greater. And I, I wonder if we just feel that, you know, children can observe lessons without being, you know, taught them so yeah, we don't need a we don't need to sit Indian style at the end of the episode anymore and get get lesson from the teacher. I think that's true. Maybe they also felt some guilt about just pretty much having a twenty five minute action figure commercial. <laughs> and they need to have this something redeeming it. at the end. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, they they never did that with Jim and the Holograms, but anyway, uh, that's that that is a digression. Thanks for the great question, Heather. If you, listening, have a comment or a question for the show, you could email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. And please do, because we love questions. And now a few production notes. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. And of course, you can download us on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so it can grow. Please sign up for the newsletter through our Facebook page or website, and we can let you know when new episodes are out. Finally, if you have a question or comment for the show, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. Thanks. We appreciate your support. And that's our show for today. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember to exercise your brain sometimes. I'm the muscles, though. Scott the brain. Is that right? I'm the left side muscles. Left side muscles, right? Only half your brain. Tonight, tonight, blazing all night, and the gods have me fixed in their glorious sight. When you're fighting, be fightful, never dare to be frightful. For today is the last day you'll face down the horde. One day the marauders no He-Man, you're back! But but how did... No, no, it's just a robot of He-Man.